0: Here's the opening scene. Your chef or manager comes to you and says, we are understaffed. We need more people. Hey, it's Peter Harmon, the food guru here with your weekly pep talk. My goal is to help you build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams. Today is Monday, October 3rd. Wow, we just entered the fourth quarter of 2022. This is episode number 198 of Build a Better Restaurant Podcast. It's called The People Thing. If you own a restaurant and are like most of us, you have employees, and you have witnessed some version of this scene, the manager or the chef says, we need more people, right? Well, you are not alone. It is happening everywhere, in every restaurant in America, and it's not limited to just restaurants. It's an epidemic all across the entire American workforce. Many businesses are turning down business because they don't have enough people and the supply chain is broken, but that's another story. Let's stick with the people thing for today. So before we agree or acquiesce to the request of our chef or manager, let's look. Let's dig a little deeper, okay? Okay. Let's start with thing number one, the problem. I'm willing to stick my neck out and bet you're shorthanded and can't find qualified people to do the work. Hey, I'm there too. We all are. I need people to do the work, but I'm not so sure I would call it shorthanded. Shorthanded means we don't have enough people. means we need nine people to make up a baseball team, but we only have seven. That's shorthanded. We're going to have to forfeit because we don't have nine people. Or maybe you need six waiters to properly serve your guests and only have four. Or you need five kitchen people to open and fill all the positions, but you only have four. Or you have five kitchen people and the chef and the cooks think you need seven or eight to handle the workload. Okay, let's look at that. Your manager says you're shorthanded. Your people say you're shorthanded. And they're frequently asking you to come out and help them through a hard push or during a peak period or to help them with some prep. Do you know this drill? Well, of course you do. They're always asking for help and preventing you from doing your job. You know, driving the bus and business building stuff. Or here's another one. You see things that just weren't weren't done. They're undone. And you have to pick it up and do it yourself. Otherwise, you're going to go undone, and people are going to get upset. Your customers, right? But before you freak out and start hiring more people, let's dig even deeper. Because I remember, about two hours ago, all the people who are now shorthanded and in the weeds, they were goofing off, faffing around, fucking about, and frittering their time away. And nothing was getting prepped for dinner service. I have that snapshot still in my mind. And then, when the business does actually come in, they're all in the weeds, running around like chickens with their heads cut off. They scream for the chef or for you to come and bail them out. That sound about right. Okay, then, the next day, the chef comes into your office or wherever you're sitting and says, hey, the cooks are upset because they're always shorthanded and overwhelmed. And I'm just overloaded with work. I can't keep up. I need more people. Wow here's another thing. You, the business owner, you have a budget and financial goals, right? You're supposed to run a 30-30-30-10, which means you should run a 30% cost of goods, a 30% labor cost, and a 30% other cost. And then you should have a 10% profit left over as your reward for owning the business and taking all the risk. But, If you're already running a 35% labor cost, you don't have the money in the payroll account to pay for the extra cooks, do you? See, the real problem isn't that you don't have enough cooks or enough people. The real problem is the cooks are not getting the work done. They're not pulling their weight. You have a people problem, which is creating a production problem. Wow. Okay. So this brings us to thing number two, the reason this happens. One of my first ever business partners, Dave Walker, had a theory as to why this happens. And it goes like this. One boy will do the work of a boy. Two boys will do half the work of a boy. And three boys will do no work at all. Wow. I love that. I just love it. The thing is, that when it's prep time, there's no sense of urgency and often little supervision. You know, the music is playing and everyone's talking about whatever. The big party last night or who did what to who. And then when the doors open and the customers walk in, it hits the fan. And the team's not ready. Not everybody. Not everybody. But enough of the team to create bedlam for the whole shift. And this scene plays out every day, week after week and month after month. And usually the result is that the staff chase off enough customers that they find an equilibrium. But in the meantime, your business is cratered. Okay, here's another thing that happens. It's called drama. We have a spat between the kitchen and the dining room. Or employee number one doesn't like employee number two. They're all fired up about something and they hate working together. There are really only two reasons or two things that cause drama. And the first one is drama queens. Drama queens start drama. And the second cause of drama is you have too many people with not enough work to do. See, when we're busy, everybody's working hard, head down and focused just to get through the shift, just to survive. And this is when everybody is happy, working at peak efficiency. Because they have to be, and they don't have time to start drama. But when people have excess time on their hands, they waste it. And instead of moving the ball forward and doing something constructive or important that they're going to need when it gets crazy busy, they goof off. Now, once again, not everybody, just the slackers. You have at least one person. I know this for sure. You have at least... One person on your staff who's always busy, always getting stuff done. They never stop. It's just the way they're wired. They love to work and get things done. And they secretly resent the slackers. These people are playing Pac-Man. I love Pac-Man. And Pac-Women and Pac-People. You know, you know the video game where you move around the screen and you eat stuff. You know, and you get point-free things you, that you eat and there's even bonus stuff worth more points see i see the restaurant as a game of pac-man the people who do the most get the most points and i make sure they also get the biggest paycheck so i try to get all my people to play pac-man and some do and some don't or at least not all the time and i'll bet you have the same thing going on in your place okay so what do we do about this Well, this brings us to thing number three, the antidote. If you are having production problems or getting your people to move forward, whoa, I almost said motivated, but I don't believe in motivation. I believe people are either motivated or they are not. Motivation and intuitiveness is an inside job. Now, personally, I can't motivate anyone to do anything. They either want to do it or they don't they either want to be a professional cook or chef or waiter, or they don't. Sure, I can yell at them or even threaten them. But the second I'm not there to scare them or threaten them, they revert right back to their old ways of behavior, to who they are. Do you hear that? To who they are. The truth is, the real culture of your restaurant happens when you're not there. So here's the antidote. First, Only schedule the number of people in the positions that you need at the time of day. Then, make sure everybody knows when they're supposed to be at work. And then make sure everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do. Everybody needs a checklist and a job description. And they need to be trained on every single task. So they know what they have to do and when it needs to be done. This will help them have a sense of the urgency. And hopefully it'll get them going before the rush hits and they look like idiots running around with chickens with their heads cut off. See, the thing is this kills the team in the spirit and it pisses off the customers. Okay, so here's another part of the antidote. The manager must do a station check before service starts to make sure everybody is ready and that their food is correct, and the prep looks good. When we inspect what we expect, our wildest expectations come true. This is the time to make sure we are ready when we can still fix it before it hits the fan. And here's the big thing. I want you to talk to your people. Have a meeting. Talk about the Pac-Man game. Your job is to do the things on your to-do list. Tell them that. And then I want you to find more things to do on top of that. And whoever does the most stuff gets the best reward. And they're also going to get scheduled for the most hours. See, we schedule the best people for the most hours. And the best and the busiest shifts. And we also pay them the highest wages. This is how, hey, I mean, think about it. This is the way we manage our waiters. The waiters with the highest sales and highest average check and the highest tip percentage and the best skills who do their jobs and their side duties and don't call off for work and don't piss off the dining room manager, well, it's simple. They get the best shifts and the best section and the best customers, period. Yes, I absolutely do play favorites. I like the people who produce the most. And if I want that to continue, I better reward it. And so should you. Yes, We also need to do a version of this for the kitchen staff, too. The cooks who do the most work get paid the most and they get the most hours. And if there's overtime, I give it to the people who are the most productive. I hate paying slackers to begin with, and I hate paying them time and a half even more. And then they complain they have to work overtime, it hurts their life work balance. Think about it like this. Here's the scene. Charlie's a good cook. He does his job 100% and he has a great attitude and he is a Pac-Man. He never stops. And Frank, he's an okay cook who does what he's told to do. But if he doesn't have somebody to keep him focused and babysit him, he drifts. He sloughs off. And Jack, Jack's the life of the party. He loves to have fun and keep everybody entertained, which would be great if everyone got their work done. But when there's no supervision... Jack is just a huge distraction. keeps most people from getting their work done. And then there's Tommy. Tommy is totally inept. Somebody else has to do half his work. And what the half he does, somebody else got to refinish it. Nobody likes working with Tommy, but they're never going to say anything to him, are they? Because that would be offensive and uncomfortable. Then we have Max. and he's the worst. He also has a bad attitude, and he's always bitching about something and threatening to quit if he doesn't get his way. This kills morale, and it's another distraction, a negative influence slowing things down. Okay, here's another fun thing called chaos. See, chaos is the default setting for life, and for your restaurant and mine, See, everything's, think about a beautiful baseball park. The grass is beautiful. The lines for the infield are perfect. The foul lines are beautiful. Well, what if we just walk away for a week and let that grass go by all itself? It's going to turn into chaos. That's what's going to happen. It's going to get overgrown. Little animals are going to start living in the dirt. And it's going to mess it up. See, somebody has to go in there every day and put it back together and make sure it's perfect and pristine. That's your job. See, I bet you've never heard of it put that way before. But it's true. Order must be created out of chaos. Then it has to be maintained. Your people must be reminded why they're here and what they're supposed to do. You got to have rules, simple rules. The fewer the better. And you got to have checklists. And they must be followed and enforced. And the simple rules must have simple consequences. If you do this, you get that. And if you do that, you get this. As the leader, you need to have a team meeting soon and explain what's going on to the team and talk about playing Pac-Man. Tell them, they think you need more people? Tell them you think you have the right amount of people and explain the reason that they get behind during services because they're not ready to go when the door's open. You can't prep and cook the orders at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. Everybody's in first gear. There's no sense of urgency. Maybe we could have a little more pep in our step. Okay, and then after that, after that meeting, okay, you never want to really hammer them hard in a meeting. You just want to go over the thing. This is what I see, and this is what I'd like to see happen, okay? Then after that, you have a private one-on-one meeting with the real violators and see what you can do to help them get back on track and understand what they're supposed to do. Okay, the point is, you have the payroll that matches your budget, or that maybe is even larger than what your budget calls for. What you don't have is the system to get the people to do the work in the time allotted. This is the kind of thing that I help my clients understand and figure out how to fix. If you're struggling, I can definitely help you get headed in the right direction. My name is Peter Harmon. I am the food guru. My goal is to start a restaurant revolution where every restaurant owner who joins us has the knowledge and information they need to build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams. My goal is to help you join the top 5% of all restaurant owners who achieve the gold standard in the restaurant business, a 10% profit. See, just like you, I'm an independent restaurant owner. I work in my restaurants every day. I know what you're going through. I get it because I live it. I'm also an author and a strategic restaurant coach and lifelong learner. I study business and leadership and team building and food and cooking. And I have four ways to help you. The first way is to subscribe to this podcast. This is a weekly pep talk. It goes out every Monday. And it has for every week for 198 weeks in a row. This podcast is a treasure trove of information that you can tap into for free. So do it. The second way I can help you is with my book, Restauranting 101. It focuses on eight basic fundamentals of the restaurant business. See, most restaurant owners and managers try to do a thousand different things every day. And I have found there's only eight things that make a difference. And that's what this book is about. And you can buy it on Amazon. Just search Peter Harmon Restauranting 101 and you can start reading it tomorrow. Now, if you need to increase sales fast, and I mean like today, listen to my audiobook. It's called Six Sales Pillars. It's loaded with information that will help you increase your sales by 10% twice in the next 90 days. Just go to Audible and search Peter Harmon Six Sales Pillars and you're going to start making more money right away. I know, most of you are going to say you don't have time to read or something like that. But let me ask you, who's worse off, the person who can't read or the person who refuses to read? Did you know the average CEO reads 50 books a year? It's true. They have to because they live in a dog-eat-dog world. Leaders are readers. Okay. And the fourth way that I can help you is through strategic one-on-one coaching. This is not a webinar or a group session. This is you and me working together on your restaurant and on your life goals. If you truly do want to build a better restaurant, I can help you. And all you have to do is come to foodguru.com to get started. Because when the student is ready, the Food Guru will appear. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.